Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. We hope that you had a wonderful Christmas season with your family and friends. Thank you for joining us today on this December 31st online-only service. Uh, we're getting ready next Sunday to launch our three services that are going to be at 8.30, 10.15, and 12 noon. Uh, we're going to be starting a brand new series next week called Dreamers. And everybody that comes next week uh, and the following weeks is going to be getting this journal. And on this journal, we have um, this logo it's called dreamers and we're, we're going to be talking about the vision that god has for our lives uh, leading all the way up to vision sunday for our church in february so you don't want to miss that uh, starting our three services next week so you know as we launch out into a new year looking back at this uh, past year one of the things that it's good for us to do at the end of every year is just to be really thankful so i'm just really thankful for you um, as a part of our church family, being here and attending and being a part of what we're doing. And then I'm super thankful, obviously, for our city team who comes every Sunday early, stays late, and is serving with kids and students and adults in all of the various areas that we have here at the church. Our staff team, which does an awesome job every week. Thank God for them. And then finally, but not least, thank God for my wife, Nicole, who does so many wonderful things behind the scenes. She's been serving in City Kids the last little while, over a year now. And just thank God for her and all of you. Um, one of the things that we accomplished this year, the last day of 2023, is that together we baptized 48 people over this last year, which is super exciting for us over a multiple baptism service services. And it just shows um, us accomplishing the Great Commission, which we want to continue to do uh, through 2024. And as we think about a new year, um, we could say this, and we could say this with confidence, is that God has something good for us in 2024. And the reason we know this is not just because of the change of the calendar. God wasn't waiting for this day and then New Year's Day to, got, to do something special and significant in our lives. It is his character and nature that he is good. You know, the scripture tells us that his mercies are new every morning. So God is not necessarily waiting for the changeover of the calendar of a year, but just every day God is doing something new. And then also the scripture says, behold, I make things, all things new. So God is doing new things. And when God does new things, according to his character and nature of goodness, he's going to be doing good things in our lives. We're going to be facing difficulties and struggles at some point in 2024. But we know God is good and he will be there with his grace and his presence uh, every day for us. So as we finish out this year, um, I'm just going to be talking uh, to you just about the year upcoming and just this idea that all of us are called and graced for 2024. That there's a significance to the call of God over everybody's life. And then God gives us the ability to engage in the things that he has called us to do. So I just want to remind us of a few things that we kind of probably already know, uh, but just to remember these things for the upcoming year. So 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 says this, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. I just love this phrase. <clears throat> he saved us and he called us to a holy calling. So God, who is a God who saves all, makes the salvation available for all. 
and that he's called us to something holy in our lives. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says this, <clears throat> Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, <clears throat> all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Called according to the purpose of God. This holy calling and then called according to the purposes of God. Romans chapter 1 verse 7, it says, To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so we are all called. You know, many times people who uh, put people like me in a category, well, well, certainly pastors are called and prophets are called and evangelists and apostles and all of these sort of fivefold ministry guests. Certainly they're called, but I don't know about me. But the scripture tells us that all of us are called. We all have this holy calling in our lives. And what is the significance of a call? And really a call... It's just an invitation, and what makes God's invitation significant, obviously, is the one who's giving us the invitation. Now, we could receive an invitation to maybe something that we wouldn't want to go do some sort of event or happening or party of some kind, and maybe the person that is giving us the invitation, maybe we're not that close to them or we have no interest in being in that party, so the significance of that invitation is not that big of a deal. But any call that comes from God, this holy calling, called according to his purpose, is really significant. And it should be special to us, the fact that God is calling us to something called according to his purpose. And his purposes are just a reason. And then something significant for us to be a part of. And this is true for all of us. In 2024, God has something significant for us to be a part of. He's purposed us. He's graced us. <clears throat> that means we have a, a reason. We have a reason for our 2024, regardless of what's happened in our 2023. Could have been great, could have been terrible, could have been somewhere in between. Uh, and we don't want to necessarily think, well, I'm repeating the same thing I did la last year, but we know that God has called us, called us to significance, and he's called us and he's purposed us, and then he's also graced us. So this significant call that we have from God, it's really important to to note again, just this invitation that God is giving us to, to, uh, to all of us. <clears throat> I remember when I went uh, to my very first sort of real job um, uh, interview, you know, I had a couple smaller jobs when I was younger. I worked, you know, at a car dealership in the summer a couple years, and then I worked at a photo finishing store back in the day when we used to do film photography. It was a really big deal. And so that, those were two jobs that I had in high school. And then before I went to university, I took a year off and I worked downtown Toronto and I went down for this. Um, I found in the newspaper uh, a place to go apply for a job. So I went down for an interview. I got all dressed up. I went downtown and I went and I went for this interview. And then I went, brought the subway home. We were living in Scarborough at the time. And then I got a call from this person. So my mom answered the call and they said, oh, it's so-and-so on the phone. And the, re the reason this was a significant invitation for another interview was the source of the invitation. And because, you know, I got all nervous and I was like, gotta take the phone. And it's like, oh, this is the invitation of this real job that I was gonna get. 
And this, is, this would be what we would think about, that an invitation is coming from the holy God, the one who has created us, given us purpose for our lives, and invites us into his significance for our lives. God is calling all of us. And so when God is calling us, it needs to give us chills. It needs to give us some sort of excitement because of the invitation is coming from God. So where in our lives can we have this significance? Well, first thing, and you know, when we think about significance, it's not necessarily popularity or it's not necessarily fame. That significance that we can have is just in the context of our relationships, in the context of our families, that once we accept this invitation, this call from God according to his purposes, we can have significance in our relationships and then in our family and also in our careers. Uh, what, what God has gifted and called you to do professionally and the, the abilities and the talents that you and I have to be able to go and get a job and to do all of the things uh, that we have the opportunity to do. Those things can be significant. And then finally, in the context of church, church family, church life, um, us being a part of the church family, not necessarily going uh, to just receive or to get something, but to realize that I'm a contributor in the family of God, that I'm actually bringing something when I'm part of the family of God, when I'm part of the church. And once we realize all of those things, we can have significance in those three areas of our lives, which are really important. And the first thing we need to realize is that we are gifted. We have abilities to be able to, that, that will take us into this life of significance. And so thank God um, for all of the gifts that we have, all of the gifts and the abilities that we have, but we always need to remember that the gifts we had are gifts. They were given to us by God, and so we want to use them for his purposes. And then also, just to remember humbly that they're a gift. The things that we are good at, we didn't self-manifest those things because of some sort of desire. The aptitudes that you and I have have actually come from God. So we want to remain humble in the fact that, oh, they're given to me, but then we also want to use them for the purposes of God in our lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says this, For by the grace of God given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So again, let's read it. We shouldn't think more highly than we ought to think. We shouldn't think low of ourselves. But just to remember, just think with sober judgment. Oh, I have this gift. And then where did this gift come from? Well, God assigned it to me. God gave it to me. And so the sober judgment is for me not to become arrogant with my gifts, but then also to realize where they came from and what does God want me to do with my gifts. Let's find out here in a second. Psalm 39, sorry, 139 says this in verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So God knit us together in our mother's wombs, gave us something. <clears throat> and then so God did this. So I was made. I didn't create myself. So the identity that I'm choosing as part of the family of God, realizing the gifts that God has given me, God knit this together in my mother's room. I didn't choose it, but he <clears throat> chose it for me. So what should I do with, ever, with whatever gifts I have, whatever um, abilities that I have, aptitudes that I have? We know that God has given to us, so we're not going to be arrogant about it. 
We want to use them for the purposes of God. We can read here in Matthew chapter 25. This is the parable of the talents. Now, talents were um, a measure of finances in this time, but it has become synonymous with the abilities that we have, and it, it gets used in that way. And it, it is actually what is meant here um, in this parable, that God has given us something. And the question is, what are we doing with what God has given to us? So let's, lead us, let's read it here in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. It says this, For it would be like a man going on a journey. So this is about the kingdom of God who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. So again, the metaphor, the story, the parable is that God has given us something, but ultimately it's his property. It's just on loan from God while we are living. God has given us something. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. So God has given us something. The kingdom of God is like this. We have some abilities. They're God's property. God has given it to us, and then what is he expecting? Verse 16, he who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also the one who had two talents made two talents more. But who had received one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So what do we see here? The master says about the talents that were given to us. When we use them and we put them into practice and we receive more from what God has given to us, what is he saying? You have been faithful to use what God has given you. Now let's keep reading. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward and saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. So what did he do? He just gave back to God the thing that God had given him, but he had nothing to show for it. There was no impact with the one talent that God had given. There was no significance. There was no faithfulness by using what God had given him. Verse 26, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers at my coming. I should have received with my own with interest. So take from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For everyone who will be given, who has more will be given, and, who, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what is the judgment of God in this? It's not that this person um, was faithful with what they had. They did nothing with what they had. 
And so what is God expecting us? God is expecting us to do something with what we have been given. So we show our gratefulness to God for our gifts and talents by using them, by turning them into significance, by turning them into something else, to be, I am faithful, I am honest, I am on purpose with what you have given me, God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6 says this, the Apostle Paul writing. It says, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of them who are still alive, talking about Jesus, and some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all of the apostles, last of all, to as one untimely born, he also appeared to me. So the Apostle Paul is talking about after the resurrection of Jesus, 500 people saw him, and then the apostles, then James, and then regarding his... Um, experience on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, he also appeared to Paul. And then he says this, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. So we knew that this is true of Paul, that he was party to um, people being killed uh, who were part of the church, but then God took Paul and, and changed his life around. And this is why Paul is saying that he was unworthy to be called an apostle. But then let's keep reading in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And we should all be saying this. That whatever I have and whatever significance I have and whatever I can accomplish in 2024, the only reason that, or, or even looking back, whatever I accomplish in 2023 is not because I'm so great, it's because God is so good. And God is so full of grace. I am what I am by the grace of God. Now listen, and his grace toward me was not in vain. Go back to the story of the talents. The one that had five talents and brought five more. God said, well done, good and faithful servant. He was faithful. The gifts that Paul said, these were not in vain. And then he says, on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them talking about the apostles. He said, I'm leaf to the apostles, but I worked harder than the rest of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God within me. So Paul was careful to say two things. I worked really hard with what God had given to me, but I remember it's according to the grace given to me. <clears throat> so all of us have this choice. We have gifts and talents. We have abilities. And as we look forward in 2024, are we going to use those for God's significant purpose in my life. Am I going to say, God, I am grateful for what you have given me, and I'm going to use it for your purposes, because we're called. God has called all of us. He's graced all of us. Are we going to use the gifts and talents that God has given to us for a life of significance? Or are we going to be, oh, 20, 2023 was really hard. Or the other side, 2023 was great. I don't even need to do anything great in 2024. Last year was so good, I don't even need to accomplish anything. But no, we need to take this attitude of the Apostle Paul, that what God has given to me, he didn't give it to me in vain. And I worked harder than anybody else, but it wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me. And you can just hear this grateful heart that the Apostle Paul has. So let's put the effort in this year with what God has given to us. God, I'm grateful for what you have given me. And I'm not working for your grace, but I'm working from the place of grace. 
from this place of salvation that I have, I, I, you've given me all of these gifts and abilities and talents that I can live a life of significance. <coughs> and I'm going to show that I'm grateful by working hard. So where, again, where are we going to do these things? Again, the first thing that we're going to do to have a life of significance is those closest to us in the context of our relationships. Scripture tells us it's not good for man to be alone. Now, we know this is the context of Adam and Eve and in the context of marriage. Um, but it's also just the context in general for human beings. We shouldn't be alone. God has called us all into relationships. And you only have the potential to get hurt when you choose to love, whether that's friends or in the context of marriage or with our children or our parents, anyone that we're in relationship with, the people that we love, there is the potential for us to get hurt because we love, but God has still called us into relationships. And then he tells us here from the scripture how we can live a life of significance in the context of our relationships. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Now, if we just pause there and we look forward in our 2024, we could look back at 2023 and realize we failed a little bit in this area. But if we look forward to this year, the year starting tomorrow, and make this our goal, how significant can we be in the context of our relationships by not letting any corrupting talk come out of our mouths, but only such as good for the building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Now we're going to fail and at some point in 2024 in this, because we're human. But if we make this our goal, if we make this our objective, that we're going to give grace to those who hear the words that we say. How significant could our relationships be? How loving could our homes be? Our friendships could take this wonderful step forward if we just do this, that we're going to build each other up with our words. Verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom... You were all sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Now listen, let's make this our objective, 2024, in our relationships. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We have the ability, we have the talents, we have the grace from God to be able to do this. For us to be able to find significance in our relationship, kind, kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you and forgave me. That we would choose to be forgiving in our relationships. And this is where we will find significance in our relationships, using what God has given to us according to the grace of God in us. Something else about our words here. Proverbs 16, verse 21, it says, Let the wise of heart, the wise of heart is called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Sweetness of speech, not, not the volume. We can get really excited and mad and, you know, in our relationships, but here the, the, the scripture is telling us the sweetness of our speech increases persuasiveness. Verse 22. Good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise makes his speech judicious, 
and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Listen to this last verse. Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body in the context of our relationships. Obviously that we want to be significant. We want to do better in our relationships, in our marriages, in our friendships with our co-workers. Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. So let's make that our goal in 2024, that we can have significance in the context of our relationships by doing all of these things. And then finally this, for us as a church family, you know, as we move into our three services, as again, I mentioned that the reason we're doing our three services full in one of our services to make room for our family and friends, to have other people come into our church family and to discover this relationship with God that God has offered to all people. And I, I want us to keep praying in 2024. I want us to keep um, knowing that God is the God of the harvest, that he's interested in people that are far from himself. And then we as a church family, we can be this place where people can come and discover this relationship with God for the very first time or rededicate their life to Christ. And all of what we do with our gifts and talents and with our gracious words can make a difference in someone else's lives. So as we go forward in 2024, I want us to make this goal, uh, this goal that we can have people experience salvation in our church family. That we know that Jesus is building his church and we have the privilege, the opportunity, uh, the wonderful gift from God to be able to help building his family, help building his church. This finally today, this last verse that we're gonna read together. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 says this. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high position, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable, a quiet life and godly and dignified in every way. So there's great thoughts for us as we move into the new year. Who could we pray for? We could pray for everybody. We can pray for people in authority in our city, in our province, in our nation. And this, what it says in verse 3, this is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So what's God's desire for all people? To be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And this is what we are partnering with God on his mission on the Great Commission, so that people who are far from God can discover a relationship with God, and people who move into a relationship with God can be discipled. And this is what we are doing, again, as a reminder for us at the City Church. Our mission statement, moving people closer to Jesus, and it is those two categories, someone discovering a relationship with God, and then once we discover a relationship with God, that we're all choosing to be discipled, to be moving into the image of of Christ and we are going to be doing this together this this year as we go forward as a church family starting next Sunday at 8 30 10 15 and 12 noon there's some excitement on the horizon um, as we choose to remember that we are called and we are graced according to the purposes of God to do his will in our lives in our church in our families in our careers and all that God has called us to do let me pray for you today 
Father God, we just love you so much. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for this past year of 2023, and we look forward to 2024 and all that you will do. We are excited and we are expectant. Lord, one thing that we know about this upcoming year, regardless of what comes, we know that you are with us every day, that you never leave us or forsake us, that you will always be with us. God, we don't let anything of the past hinder us, anything that happened this past year. We know, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning and you are making all things new. So we thank you, Lord, that for this life of significance that you have called us to. God, we are grateful for all of the grace that you have given to us, and we on purpose will be faithful for what you have given to us in this year. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we will see you next Sunday live here in the building at 8.30, 10.15, or 12 noon as we kick off our Dreamer series. Can't wait to see you. Happy New Year. Hey, wasn't that such an encouraging word? Thank you, PB, for sharing God's heart. Right now, we're going to take a moment uh, to worship God with our tithes and our offerings. Yeah, that's right. Giving here at the City Church is safe, simple, and secure. Today, you can give online by going to our website, thecitychurch.ca, and you can give as well by using our City Church app. I want us to consider our giving to be what it is, which is yeah. worship. As we give, towards the church as we give towards the kingdom of God. We're giving towards what God is doing in this church and what he's doing in this community. And so what better way to end the year than by worshiping God with our finances. And I wanna remind you that today is the last day for our year end giving. So if you wanna give um, towards your tax receipt for this year, make sure you give by the end of the day today. Let's pray as we give this morning. God, we thank you for uh, this opportunity yet again to give towards the advancement of your kingdom, God. We're in the last day of this year and we just thank you for the blessings that you've given us uh, this year. We thank you for your continuous generosity that you pour out into our lives. And I pray that you would bless each of us with a spirit of generosity so that we can give back to your kingdom and you can use it to bless many people in ways that we ourselves cannot do on our own. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Up next, we have a couple announcements for you. First off, we are gearing up for our third service launch happening next week, Sunday, January 7th at 8.30, 10.15, and 12 p.m. Make sure you mark your calendar for that. We can't wait to be back in the room with you. Also happening next Sunday, we have our worship and prayer night happening at 6 p.m. Not only are we launching our third service, but we have an extra time for us to yes. gather together as a church community and lift up the name of Jesus. So no matter which service time you choose next week, make sure you come on back to church at 6 p.m for a night of worship and prayer. We'll see you there. We wanna wish you a happy new year from our city staff, from us to you and your family. We love you, church. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year from our little party of three. We love you, city church. Happy new year, city church. Happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year.